welcome to the Dunkel Index podcast for this Wednesday, May 19th edition. I'm Ben, and here with me, as always, is my dad, Bob Dunkel. Well, Ben, unfortunately, it took us, what, one full quarter uh, to determine that playoff basketball, even play-in basketball, I don't think it's officially considered playoff basketball. This is a tourney. So uh, stats, I guess, are going to be kept separate from the regular season and the playoffs. So it's a season unto itself. But it mm-hmm. took us only a quarter to realize that this is going to be a little different than the regular season. Indiana, whose defense we were worried about coming in, uh, played better defense than Charlotte did. Pacers run the Hornets out of the gym. And then the Wizards clearly did not look anything like the Wizards had down the stretch of the regular season. It's the first clunker we've seen from Ross in, in what, two, three months? <laughs> um, and I think, you know, Beal probably still working through that hammy. So we bid adieu to Charlotte, uh, poor MJ, another season down the drain. Uh, Wiz get another shot uh, against the Pacers. So we'll have to see how that plays out. But 0-2 on our games, but boy, great call on our prop pick with Tristan Thompson. Even with Robert Williams in there, uh, Tristan blew through his seven and a half boards. Yeah, a couple of last-minute uh, scratches and additions to the lineup that we didn't see on the podcast yesterday. Obviously, Karis LeVert sitting out for the Pacers didn't really matter. And uh, luckily for us, Robert Williams uh, didn't affect Tristan Thompson's numbers like at all. No. Uh, and we did also had a nice win on the prop pick on our preview page with Miles Bridges. He was the only bright spot for Charlotte last night. Went over his 19.5-point prop line so uh one and two overall in basketball and then we did even it up we've stayed hot on the diamond which has been nice continue to extend our winning streak there oakland a's uh, come back and win a big game last night against the houston astros to pad their lead in the al west so overall start off the week uh, two and two on our podcast picks uh but we definitely need to tighten the screws a little bit on the old Dunkel Index machine to see if we can uh, pull out some wins tonight for round two of the play-in games. How's that sound? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I think that machine's just getting warmed up a little, and I feel like we'll have some better picks today. All right. Well, let's get to it. Okay. All right. So we'll start off. We'll look at San Antonio up against Memphis. Spurs finished the regular season 33-39, and while the Grizzlies were 38-34 and overall. Uh, this is the 9 versus 10 matchup in the play-in series, and Grizzlies are favored by four at home. So what do you like about this one? Well, as I said, last night we were really victimized by a Hornets team that played poorly down the stretch, and despite assurances that it would have a different look in the play-in game, ended up losing by 27 points to the Pacers, who were uh, without uh, Karis LeVert, as we mentioned. So uh, just a horrible showing by by Charlotte all the way around. Um, if there is one team in the West that kind of looks like Charlotte right now, I'd say it's the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, they finished with four straight losses and 10 in their last 12 games. And included in those losses were some real lopsided clunkers, like 32 points to the Jazz, 22 points to the Trailblazers, and 37 points to the Suns. So weren't even competitive in a lot of those contests as they were struggling just to hold on to that 10th spot in the standings. 
The Grizz were just the opposite, winning five straight before closing with a 113-101 loss to a red-hot Steph Curry at Golden State. Very explainable. There's a lot on the line between the 8 and 9 seed there. So uh, besides that, Memphis played very strong down the stretch. Um, and they should feel confident coming in tonight, seeing the Spurs standing across from them. Besides San Antonio's struggles uh, at the end, the Grizz blew out the Spurs in both games of a back-to-back miniseries the last time they faced each other on January 30th and February 1st. In the first game, the Grizz got balanced scoring. Seven players had at least 14 points in a 129-112 win, and then they followed that up with an even uglier display by San Antonio as nine guys scored at least double figures. And they ended up, uh, Memphis ended up winning 133 to 102. And both those games were in San Antonio. And as we know from our previous podcast, uh, the Spurs are nothing to write home about when it comes to home court advantage. Uh, so for the Spurs, just getting into the play in game does give them a little shot in the arm. Uh, they had their streak of postseason appearances last year snapped at a NBA record time, 22 in a row. So this does offer them a chance at a little redemption. But it is hard to see how San Antonio gets past Memphis, especially its size. You know, Jaron Jackson coming back into the lineup has been huge for the Grizz. And Jonas Valanciunas has been playing at a very high level as well. Between the two of them, the Grizz finished fourth in the league this year on the offensive glass. It's going to be a big, big problem for San Antonio's defense, which finished second to last in the league in defensive rebounding. You know, second chance points, I think, will hurt the Spurs tonight, who are just one in four against the spread in their last five games as a road underdog. And Memphis's loss to the Warriors should serve as a motivation for Taylor Jenkins' team. Grizz come in with a nice 20-8 and eight record in their last 28 against the spread, following a loss by 10 or more points. So we're going to go with uh, Memphis's size. Um, love John Morant at the point. Uh, Dylan Brooks uh, played a great game against Curry uh, until he fouled out. So he looks like he's ready to roll tonight. So we're going to take Memphis at home to cover the four uh, in our first game of the night, we'll go Grizz minus the points in that one. Okay. All right. Yeah, I like that one. Spurs certainly didn't finish the season, uh, leaving a good taste in your mouth. Nope. I've got uh, Charlotte deja vu feeling for this one. Uh, and San Antonio has been better on the road than they have been at home, as we've documented in the past. But against a Grizzlies team, especially with Jaron Jackson now healthy, uh, they look like a real uh, uh, much more uh, of a step up than San Antonio, but I would also say a team that maybe could cause some havoc once they're in the postseason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move to our next game. We've got Golden State up against LA. Warriors thirty nine and thirty three to finish the year, while the Lakers were forty two and thirty overall. And uh, in this matchup of seven versus eight, the Lakers are favored by five and a half at home. So uh, break this one down for us. Well, just like last night, I'd say the juicier of the two playing games tonight, the second one is definitely the one to stay up for and watch. You know, it's the scenario that LeBron James just wanted to avoid facing the scoring leader, Steph Curry, and the Golden State Warriors in the play-in tourney. 
But missing 26 of his last 30 games with an ankle injury, along with Anthony Davis's extended absences, it was just too much for the Lakers to overcome. They slipped into a tie with Portland at the end and landed in the seventh spot because of the tiebreaker. So for LeBron, it's it's definitely the game he didn't want to see, but now he's got to play it. And they get Curry, who has single-handedly carried the Warriors all season long. He was at his best down the stretch as he topped 30 points in 21 of his last 24 games, averaging an incredible 36.9 points over that stretch. That included 46 when it mattered most against the Grizz on Sunday in that 113-101 win that did move them up to the eighth spot. Uh, For his part, I'd say LeBron right now is doing his best Lou Holtz imitation by pumping up the other side. He was talking about how Seth, uh, Steph, no, no, it's not Seth Curry time yet. Hold on, Philly fans. No, Steph should be the league's MVP uh, and he was asking rhetorically where the heck the Warriors would be without Steph. And that's a very fair question. He's certainly right about that. But the one thing the Lakers should feel good about tonight is the fact that even with Steph on the court, they dominated the Warriors in the last two meetings, winning by 26 and 31 points. And the Laker D held Curry to just 21.5 points uh, average in those two games. The defense is something that definitely looks like it's returning with both LeBron and AD on the court. LA finished second in the league in points allowed and fourth in three-point field goal percentage. And like the Grizz, LA's size with AD, Gasol, Drummond, Harrell, should really be able to exploit Golden State's weakness on the boards. We saw that in a couple of the Lakers' late-season matchups where they just used that size to wear teams down. Lakers were fourth uh, fourth best this, this year in defensive rebounding, and the Warriors were just 22nd on the offensive glass and 27th on the defensive glass. So big problem there. Obviously, no James Wiseman in the in the middle. Draymond can only do so much. Uh, to pick up the slack. So look for LA's size to really be an advantage tonight in this one. Warriors, despite all the Curry heroics, just come into this one two and seven against the spread in their last nine as an underdog. So it won't be uh, sayonara for Steph. Uh, he should get another shot at the Apple uh, in the uh, Memphis, San Antonio, uh, the winner of that game. But We don't see them getting past L.A. tonight. We do see the Lakers getting into that seventh seed uh, with a win here and a cover. We'll take L.A. minus the points in this one. All right. Well, yeah, you really laid it out there statistically. Uh, Seems like a real hard game for the Warriors to win, much less cover. Well, and as LeBron said, if Steph weren't there, I mean, this point spread would be 16 Mm-hmm. and not six, uh, or I guess, what is it now? Down to five, actually dropping. Yeah. Uh, some. So, you know, Steph gives him a chance, but you do have to like LA's defense against Curry during the regular season. Uh, perhaps much like Westbrook last night, uh, Steph, Steph may be a little worn out after the late game heroics just to get him here. So, Feel good about this pick coming in. Uh, as long as LeBron's ankle holds up, he did tweak it a little bit there in that season-ending game against New Orleans, but he's assured everybody he's ready to roll tonight. 
and you have to like LA's size in this one. That's a real advantage for the Lakers. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, as we segue into our player prop, I just have to point out that Steph Curry's points total tonight uh, over under is set at 36 and a half. So that seems pretty out of reach. Well, it's a good indication that at least as far as Vegas is concerned, they expect Steph to have a big game, no letdown in Steph's game. What was Russ's over-under last night? Do you remember? Um, he He came short of all of them, I think. I think his points total was around 25, and rebounds and assists were probably close to 13. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, listen, we know, whereas I, I wouldn't say Russ's postseason career has necessarily been something that has been a highlight. We don't do know what Curry can do in, in the postseason. And while this is technically not a postseason <laughs> game, it's going to have that feel tonight. So uh, I, uh, I'm i glad we're staying away from it. I would not go against Curry, uh, even with L.A.'s defense having some success there. But I think we should look elsewhere tonight. So where are we going? All right, so yeah, we're going to look at the San Antonio-Memphis matchup. And uh, when I was going back through these teams' uh, previous games, one guy really stood out to me, and it was Jaron Jackson Jr., who in his pretty short career, only eight games against the Spurs, has just dominated them. Um, In his last four, he scored 21, 24, 22, and 24 against them. So I really like him uh, in this matchup tonight, and his points total is uh, set at 15 and a half. So I really like Jaron Jackson Jr. going over the 15 and a half points tonight. I mean, for Memphis to be able to advance and to cause any havoc in the postseason, it's going to take a nice performance from Jaron Jackson Jr. You know, I'm a little skeptical about how much he would be able to contribute after missing just about all of the season, but he looks like he's rounding into form, uh, and he and Valanchunas make a really nice combination down low. And as you've said, I mean, Jackson just isn't a low-post player. I mean, he really stretches the D, can knock down threes with the best of them. So we're doubling down on the Grizz tonight, unlike last night when we hedged with Tristan, and that turned out to be the right call. We're going all in on the Grizz tonight, and it's got to be a, a nice performance from Jackson I think that's that's very doable given where his game is right now and what's on on the line tonight for the Grizz. Yeah, yeah, you know, when I watch them sometimes, uh, I know Morant's incredible, but he really doesn't shoot outside very much and uh, kind of makes you think uh, Jaron Jackson might be the most important piece of that team sometimes. I agree. You know, Morant reminds me a lot of Tony Parker, early Tony Parker in his career when he, all he would do is the teardrop. Uh, you know, he developed a nice jumper uh, later in his career. But I'd say John Morant, you're absolutely right. He feels very comfortable driving the lane and either throwing up an alley-oop or putting in a teardrop of his own. So uh, the fact that he's looking to pass first, score second, is a real bonus for guys like Jackson and Valanchunas and, and Brooks. So he'll have to have a really good game tonight as, as well. And don't see... Um, San Antonio guards like Murray and, and Mills being able to to stop uh, Moran from at least penetrating and dishing and getting Jackson some nice open looks. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's hope so. So that's it for yes, our basketball uh, should we, picks. Should we uh, knock on Christian Wood on these? Okay. After an 0-2 night, we need a little good Christian Wood luck. So. All right. Yeah, let's do it. 
All right. Uh, we haven't needed much luck on the diamond uh, where we have uh, continued to keep our hot streak going. As I said, we had a nice comeback win last night. So thought, hey, Ernie Banks like, let's play too. Why don't we stay out west tonight? How about that? Sure. Yeah, let's go back to that same series. We'll look at Houston versus Oakland today. The Astros are 24 and 18 overall. The A's 26 and 17. Uh, Astros have Granky going in this one. He's three and one to start the season for the A's. Frankie Montas five and two overall. And uh, money line on this one: Houston minus one eleven on the road. What do you see here? God, yeah, Grinky. I mean, it's amazing. Do you remember uh, when you were collecting Grinky rookie cards and he was a kid with the Royals? Can you believe Absolutely. that? Absolutely. Thirty-seven years old now, uh, nearing the end of what what's been a really good career. Um, you know, last night's series opener had all the intensity of a playoff game, much like our play in basketball games. Astros jumped out to a two-run lead, not once, but twice. And each time the A's clawed back, finally won it uh, on a Ramon Laureano sack fly in the ninth. For Laureano, it capped a big, big game. He had a pair of homers as well, which is a little unnerving for the Astros, because uh, it was especially Granky, because Laureano hit two homers off him last year in the postseason. So it's a good time for him to start getting hot for Oakland. Um, For the Astros, after winning six straight and cutting the A's lead to just a half game in the AL West, Oakland was able to put a little bit of distance between the two of them uh, heading into tonight's game, too. And whereas last night's pitching was a letdown for both teams, I mean, Oakland starter Sean Manea really struggled early. And then Houston's bullpen struggled late by allowing runs in the seventh, eighth, and ninth innings. I think today's contest looks to be more of a pitching duel with Grinky facing Frankie Montas. As, as I said, Grinky now 37 years old, but he's still solid, off to a really good start, 3-1 and one with a 4.18 ERA. And he's had a history of success against Oakland. Uh, he's 10-3 and three, lifetime against the A's with a 2.77 ERA and 22 regular season starts. But while it's a smaller data set, uh, Montas has done equally well against the Astros. Uh, he's 5-3 and three in his career with a 4.11 ERA and 10 career starts. He's also been the A's hottest pitcher of late. Uh, he's been 3-0 and over the last three games and beating the Blue Jays, Rays, and Twins, and limiting those three teams to just six runs over 17 and a third innings. I'd say the never-say-die attitude of the A's, very impressive. Uh, Last night was already Oakland's fifth walk-off win in the young season. And after losing the first five this season to Houston, the A's have now won three straight against their division rival, uh, Astros come into this one two and five in their last seven as a road favorite. So they haven't exactly excelled uh, even with uh, with the odds favoring them on the road. And the athletics are 11 and three in their last 14 after scoring five or more runs in the previous game. So they're always going to get solid pitching. If they can get some offense from Chapman and Olsen and Laureano, uh, Oakland looks virtually unbeatable at home. That's what we're going to go with tonight. We're going to go with the A's at home. Once again, a very, um, I'd say, uh, manageable number here. Uh, It's a good investment to take Oakland, the division leader at this price. Go with the A's for the win in the second game of this big series. 
Okay. They must have quite a lineup. Uh, I'm looking at the pitching stats here, and uh, Montas has two more wins than Granke uh, with nine less innings pitched on the year. Yeah. No, I I agree. He's uh, quietly been, I'd say, the ace of the Oakland staff in the early going. And, uh, you know, Grinky and the uh, and the Strohs have been more up and down, uh, but they've been hot of late, no doubt. But uh, I think this series looks like it's just going to play out Oakland's way. And so I, I see the A's pulling this one out tonight. Yeah, hopefully they jump out to a lead and hold on to it. Uh, yes. Uh, I, I don't pull a Houston bullpen and give it up late. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I think we've got uh, four good picks tonight. Three on the uh, hardwood. Uh, we're going to go with the Grizz and the Lakers at home to cover both those. Um, we're going to go with Jaron Jackson Jr. on our prop play, and we've got the Oakland A's to win game two of this big series in the AOS. Of course, you can go to dunkleindex.com, check out all our numbers for tonight. I will say we did go 3-0 and in the WNBA last night, so some good value plays there in the WNBA. We've got two games today, so make sure to check out those picks. Got our preview for the PGA Championship down in Kiowa with some nice prop plays there as well. So make sure to go to dunkleindex.com for all your sports picks. And thanks to everybody for listening. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Great stuff going on right now. A lot to look forward to. Uh, Appreciate everybody listening, and uh, we'll be back later this week. Awesome. Thanks, Ben. Talk to you tomorrow. All right. See ya.